growing up, they used to tell us humanity had evolved. That mankind had outgrown hate and rage. That no matter what anyone did to me, I was still an evolved human being. Welcome, one and all, to our Mystica Podcast, podcast about mystical philosophy. Today, we are going to talk about how to advance your spirituality. From my view, my humble perspective within this subjective reality of which we live in, there is definitely some sort of degree to how much expanded consciousness one can hold within their human body. Now, it doesn't exactly work that way from my understanding. This is just a general uh, objective sort of pinpointing the reality of which we live. But we have these containers called human bodies, these vessels in which our consciousness isn't contained within, but is actually the other way around. Consciousness contains all, so it contains the body, not the body containing consciousness. So, understand <clears throat> several points here in order to, who knows, basically expand your awareness further and you'll have several experiences that will confirm this. Who knows? Mystical visions, astral projections, a blissful sense of well-being or perfection within the universe. Something of that nature. Maybe you'll see past lives or a remote view or any number of things. Most of this isn't really talked about as of yet. Most people just like the idea of the sensation of well-being. And that's good enough. Honestly, that's the whole point that has to be stressed is that if anything, you are well, you are doing good. And if you can, you do better by becoming more blissful. Some people aim some sort of wealth accumulation and that can be thrown into the mix, but it must be a secondary or tertiary outcome in your life. Otherwise, you will accumulate wealth and not be able to enjoy it. So, most of the time, I like to talk about my life in conjunction to my advancement within the mystical realm. But I don't have to do this today because... Whatever, I'm kind of plateaued right now anyways, and I don't really have anything new to extract. So I might as well step down a level and just talk with the people that are still down in the rungs of the ladder, striving to climb a little bit higher into the idea of a better life. And that's usually called more conscious awareness. 
more conscious energy. And since we live in a subject of reality which can be understand in order to balance perspectives, i.e. the previous episode, which will allow your relationships to really integrate a lot further. Of course, the romantic relationships is a little stickier, and that's um, very much more challenging to do by just assuming multiple perspectives because you're a lot nearer another individual than, for example, a workplace environment or whatever on the online forums. Subject of reality, everyone has their own truth, their own way of perceiving reality, and the relative validity of all those realities are equal because they all stem from the one source known as consciousness. Now, that's not to say that there are <laughs> particular perspectives aren't negative, disintegrative, and cause violence and cause some sort of superiority complex and so on and so forth. And other perspectives are obviously more harmonious and more preferable to attract to, and that's why the universe is slightly more positive than it is negative, because otherwise it wouldn't be worth the candle, as Alan Watts first mentioned to me. It wouldn't be worth the candle if the universe was inherently negative. Now, when we look to planet Earth, my God, is it like you can see as negative, that's just the local conditions of the universe, though. That doesn't. That's like a, a really bad neighborhood. It doesn't mean that the whole city is bunk. It just means that Earth is. Earth is full of civilizations that uh, exploit each other to, well, varying degrees. And um, so much trauma and suffering involved on our planet Earth that it usually makes people believe that for example, it, it, it is this way across the entire spectrum of the universe. That it is always negative, it's always exploitative, it's always life eats life, so on and so forth. Not the case, not true, that's just one perspective of our existence. Certainly, if you go into a dream state, you might visit realms that's perfectly peaceful, everything is good and nice, and you sort of get a glimpse of that in your daily life as well. Everything seems to be good, going well, and then some sort of negativity occurs. And that is how we can approach a higher state of being, is by being aware of the negativity. That is the first foremost step. If I could, for, that's a new word, foremost step in climbing that spiritual ladder course keep in mind this is all just metaphor is there really degrees and separations between the one infinite creator the answer is no of course not it's it's also a, a unity of which no one can say what is better or worse um a way of saying it better is of course higher and lower and that's also can be seen as better or worse because you want to be higher and you don't want to be lower uh, but as an example a bird flies in the air and can see the whole picture the whole overview of a land whereas the lower being so to speak can only see a, a limited view but they're up close to it which means they have more detail they can see it in detail which is very good to know because that means that you as an individual have a little bit more detail in your life, a little bit more uniqueness, so to speak, than anyone else because you know something someone else doesn't. You know you have some sort of experience or are developing and growing into this experience that no one else has. So your, your spiritual expansion, the more you become your true self, as they say, I wonder what other words I can, the higher self, the true self, the uh, God self, um, divine self, whatever you want to call it, um, holistic, the holy self, you know, the holy or whole or holistic is the reconciliation of your shadow side, your ego, your negative self, 
so to speak, that likes to, he is anxious all the time and wants to do things and can never get there and so lashes out at the world and usually its own self. That can be harmonized. That is the quest. And so I always begin with, now this is like the hardest, this for me is the hardest most challenging thing to accept in our life. And that's the idea of changing one's lifestyle. And when one says changing one's lifestyle, what does that mean? Usually means health, health. And the first step towards health is unfortunately the most covetous of all aspects in life. Well, let's say the second most, food. It's food. We love food. You could even say it. it. Sometimes it is the foremost aspect of our life because, dang it, we do it every day. And that nothing else says it more than that. So we always want the most pleasurable foods, delicious, mm-mm, goody-good gumdrops. But what is unfortunate about the planet Earth we live in, such a negative realm, is how most of our foods are full of toxins, uh, genetically modified to have even more toxins, and also the meats and dairies contain toxins within themselves as a factor of being that which they are, uh, animal exploitation and suffering. It sort of makes sense why they would karmically damage someone's health. So there's a lot I can say about this. The idea of eating foods is not necessary. We always see it as a positive. So I won't emphasize the positive right now. Instead, I'll emphasize the negative in which food actually causes disease. And so this is, this is for many people, going up the ladder. For many, many people. They will spiritually bypass this whole idea of food and say, well, it's all relative, which is true, of course. But at the same time, it's not relative. There are degrees, there are distinctions in terms of higher vibration so that you can acquire more chi in your body or, as they say, conscious energy. And as uh, many mystics have pointed out, gathering that conscious energy, that spiritual power will allow you more insight, more realization, more enlightenment, and perhaps some sort of conclusive enlightenment, if that's even possible, which I don't believe it is. But a more conclusive enlightenment will be obtained if you gather that spiritual energy, which food can help, only help. This is not the primary thing. It's only the supplemental to the primary thing. We'll get to the primary thing in a moment. It has to do with meditation. So food, look into it. Look into finding cleaner, more pure water. Some brand I could just throw out there is clearly filtered water. Of course, it's still in a plastic uh, container, which isn't ideal. Is not ideal. But what is ideal is that it's really cheap. And it filters out 99.99999% of all heavy metals and toxins that you don't want in your water. And so the more you, of that you drink, the purer your body is, which will allow more bliss to come in, more energy, more uh, capacity for your neurons to fire off the synapses so you can be more intelligent and grasp more wisdom. And um, you'll be able to still your mind easier decalcifies the pineal gland, which the pineal gland in the center of the brain, called the seat of the soul by Rene Descartes, I believe. And it's also been pointed out to be the third eye by the other mystics. The, the Jesus Christ said that if thine eye be single, thy whole body will be full of light signifying that perhaps you need to focus on the pineal gland a little bit more if you are uh, having headaches or you just have pain, generally speaking. It's a good method to focus on the pineal gland, and water can help 
decalcify it, which will make all the... Apparently, there's, like, water inside the pineal gland. And so when you decalcify, it can swish easier. It can move easier. And maybe it's some sort of stargate towards astral projection, something like that. But we won't get into that right now because... Um, Clearly, food matters, and many mystics have become vegetarian, or you're usually, uh, actually, I don't know how accurate the word usually is, but usually vegan as well. In Christian Gospels and Sufi text, Rumi, the poet, was a plant-based eater, and so was uh, many Jesus' disciples, and ostensibly most Buddhist monks they probably didn't have access to dairy anyway. They probably just had a farm at their monastery and just grew vegetables and ate those, say, vegetable soup and rice all day. So it makes sense that that would help with spiritual growth and spiritual attunement to eat the lighter foods if you can. The whole idea is, though, you have to go at your own individual pace and uniqueness and not really care about my words. Figure it out on your own. Just... This is just pushing the envelope, so to speak, towards the direction of more than what you're doing now. Because if you plateaued or you feel like you're stagnant, this can help. This, I have experienced it myself. My God. The stories I could tell you. And also fasting and eating less can also be of a service. If you have any kind of struggling with your body. So food is one aspect of health. Then there is the idea of breathing exercises. Just exercise in general. About 30 minutes a day, whatever. Whatever you want. Running, whatever is fun. It doesn't matter. Just allow your body to move so the blood can flow and the chi can flow through your human nervous system. And be unafraid of pain in this regard so that you have more threshold to uh, not ignore but allow the ebbs and flows of the various vibrations in life, such as when weather gets bad or you, you have to work more than you would like. You won't, your body will be able to stabilize performance, so to speak, and you'll be able to meditate more as a result. So getting sun, fresh, clean air, uh, many things can help. Breathing, exercises, as I said, okay, I'm going redundantly here. What else? And then, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Meditation. Meditation, first and foremost, is a way of stress relief, helping you sleep better, and many other benefits scientifically proven now that it's taught almost everywhere. We're, we're doing it. It's pretty amazing how ubiquitous meditation has become by virtue of science, just studying it. And mystics knew it all along. They've been practicing it. Uh, since time immemorial, it's pretty hilarious that they've been practicing all these things before science could even get around to it and still haven't quite got around to it in the mainstream yet, but it will get there. If you listen to this, you will be up ahead of the game. Uh, if we want to call it a game, and I like to, as I created several. So, being ahead of the game, you will have these virtues within your belt of knowledge. And experience, and you'll make them your own. You'll do whatever you can with them in your own unique way. So meditation, the best way is to focus on the third eye and gather the energy there. Assumingly you have done everything else correctly, you will more easily be able to harmonize any negative thoughts and you can even cease your thinking if you desire. You can even stop thoughts. Some people say, no, you don't want to do that. You just want to be aware of them. I'm saying you have the power to stop them if you desire. You, of course, you can just allow them. But if you want to, 
you can stop it. And I would say, please do so. Why would, if you have the power to stop thoughts, do so. Now, that's not to say to repress anything that's going on. That's not to say to, you will still have to allow everything going on. That's just a fact. You'll have to allow all the negative emotions because they teach you something about your life that you have to change, that you have to enact until those emotions go away. But if you have a consistent negativity that just keeps cropping up, and you, just, and you believe you have to feel that negativity and you have to think about that negativity, you have to allow that negativity, you'll never be able to transcend it. That's just a, a logical, right? If you just keep allowing it, you will never transcend it. Eventually, you will have to disallow it. So to speak, this is not the best way of saying it. In the future, I'll find better ways of saying it. But you have to defy the, the negativity in a way in order to climb the rungs of the ladder and realize when you have to dwell within that negativity in order to understand what action to take next. So, sitting in meditation is not the time to uh, contemplate your life situation. That, That might be a different matter. That has to be a different kind of meditation, not the one I'm talking about. This meditation is not about planning. I would say writing would be a way for you to do all that. To allow your negative, to allow a negativity is something more of an expression. It's more of like, hey, what art am I going to do? What um, kind of people am I going to talk to? You know, your therapist or something like that, or a, a spiritual friend. That's a great way of indulging in negativity, complaints, anything. But in meditation, no, you don't want to do that in meditation. That The whole idea of meditation is to step away from that, to step into another dimension, another zone. And so you focus on your third eye or wherever in your body feels good. Usually it, the, the third eye is what awakens that sensation in, throughout the whole body. So what I do is I focus on the third eye, close my eyes, breathe in, whatever posture you want to do. They say sitting up straight is a little easier. And they say putting your hands in some sort of mudra can also assist in some format. But whatever way you can do it is the best. So then you can keep doing it. Some mystics say do it. Do meditation as long as possible, five hours a day. Six hours a day, as much as you can. I only do it for about one to two hours a day. Um, But honestly, if you can do it for one minute a day, if you can do it for 30 seconds a day, it is better than not doing it at all. Some sort of interruption between your thoughts is the gap that will achieve a more harmonious future for all. But specifically, we're only talking about you right now. And so a more harmonious future for you, which would be good, is good enough. That's all one has to do in this life is whatever their self needs. That's Isn't that a wonderful liberation in, in understanding? You only have to do whatever you want to do. And so you might as well step into a more preferable state of being. It's just logical. All right, so uh, while meditating, strategy... I find useful, of course, it's whatever anyone wants to do. But there seems to be a really popular one right now by, um, disseminated by, primarily by Eckhart Tolle, which is just a sensing of your energy body. Or another way of saying it is just feeling your body instead of your thoughts. And so whenever anything, you feel the blissful energy flowing through you, and you notice when it wants to become a thought, You can do this even now while listening to my voice. You can notice where the static negativity is, right? Maybe it feels like guilt or shame or anger or frustration, just a mild apathy or boredom. But it's in your body. It's not 
anything more than what's in the consciousness. And then you'll feel tugs and tensions. And that's a place you can focus on, energetically speaking, to lighten up that area. And when you focus your attention on those, it might be sort of like a play that's happening in your body. It's like it's playing around. So long as you don't think about anything, this will be quite effective in heightening your sensations in life, heightening your awareness, which as a result will simply make you seem more intelligent and will seemingly synchronous events will occur in your life. Things will line up. You'll be more balanced. You'll notice that you've become more godlike in a sense. It feels sort of like I've become more godlike. Focusing once again on this energy, you'll see it might move around to a different area in your body. And maybe it'll feel really uncomfortable. So uncomfortable you will get a possibility, a potential to want to think about that thing that's making you uncomfortable. You'll believe it's a thought that's making you uncomfortable. In fact, it's only the energy body attempting to get you to think. Disallow it. Defy it. You don't need that negativity. You're meditating. You can transcend it. You can shift into a preferable state of being. And... Whomever, let's say you have someone in mind, maybe you, you want to think about that one individual that makes you mad. Well, if you think about that individual that makes you mad, then they strike twice. They strike pain in you twice. So disallow that individual, that pleasure of making you angry. To have mastery over the physical realm you would choose to be happy all the time because then you know you're in control. You're the master of the realm, the, the master of consciousness, God, so to speak, divinity. And that is what, what many mystics talk about when they say, I love God or connect to God or think about God, only think about God. They're saying God is this unconditional love force. So when you embody that, you have no problems in your life and you become masterful it's it's amazing it's it's the most amazing thing in the world it's it's a, a type of oh, i wish i could say something more words about it a type of a, a distinguished balance this kind of almost movie like appearance like your life becomes poetic it's it's like it, how could this possibly be how how could this possibly happen in my life that has been mundane and filled with swirling spirals of confusion and frustration and stuttering and echoes of suffering and anxiety not the case when you meditate and you can meditate anytime continuing to focus on the energy you'll notice heat you'll notice Mm. vibrations of all kinds. I don't know how else to explain it. My, you know, pins and needles. You feel pins and needles. You'll feel a sanguine, deep, passionate bliss. Uh, a sexual energy. All energy is sexual. As one mystic pointed out, all frustration is sexual frustration. Just to highlight something within yourself perhaps and so uh, there's energy centers in the body called chakras <gasps> or as you may could just be chi meridians it doesn't really matter they're just mapping out the body describe it as you will you'll notice you'll have pains in some energy more in some energy centers than others for example that sexual energy center Sometimes you'll notice that gets tense when talking about those subjects or talking about, um, or it might just be if you feel slighted or you slight someone else, you'll feel that 
energy contracting or expanding, so on and so forth. Focusing all those. So the idea is that the more you focus on these energy centers or energy within your body, you don't have to divide it up into centers. You can just focus on the holistic whole. You'll feel as pure sensation. What I've been told, and sometimes I acquire this, though it's rather rare that I do, but you want to sense all these sensations, make aware of all these sensations, sometimes simultaneously, the same time. So you'll, you know where the energy is moving. You know it won't be allowed as thought. So at a certain point, it can't be explained. It just has to be experienced by you, of course. You just have to keep doing it and flowing with it. But at a certain point, you can attract a pure sensation of oneness, where it's just one sensation. That would be the height of meditation um, beyond <laughs> which there is more heights. But that would be the the goal of anyone's life, is to sense that all the time, if possible, all the time. And some might say that's impossible. To be happy all the time, to have no suffering all the time. Um... And I haven't proven that in my life yet, but it seems likely. It seems like a likely outcome, a likely thing that enlightenment is real, that there is some sort of conclusive enlightenment. Not to say that negativity won't occur, but it would now that it, it, it's flipped. Now negativity is ultra rare and positivity is just abundant. I would say that would probably be the most accurate description of enlightenment. Negativity becomes the rarity. It becomes the the um, wave, and the, and bliss becomes the crest, so to speak, or the the valley, so to speak. So the negativity always has to be there for growth, of course. But at a certain point, remember, Earth is the negative realm. At a certain point. Uh, negativity doesn't have to be the main factor of learning and growth. Very well, positivity and harmony can be the factor of growth. Someone can give you something, give you love in some format, and you reflect that in your own life as a result. Kind of like that movie, Pay It Forward, or whatever. I haven't seen the whole thing yet. But it's the idea that we can learn without negativity. It's possible. Continuing the meditation. You can do it all the time, anytime. It's best when you're talking with people. It can slow you down. And it can allow you to speak more clearly. In fact, your words will be able to be expressed more vividly and lovingly. And as well, you'll get in less accidents within life. Less spills less falling off the bike, less car crashes, and uh, less misspeaking. Is that the correct word? Misspoke. So, with that all in mind, I am not too sure what else more to say, except that it has to be a continual process. Okay, now, yeah, of course, there's always more to say. That's meditation. That's just one aspect. So I named food and exercise and meditation. A very important aspect is that sometimes meditation won't be able to find all their negativity. And so there'll be that persisting negativity within us, so to speak. And those are usually beliefs within us that we are just unconscious of, that we contain, that causes our anger, our strife, or turmoil. And these beliefs, there's one in particular that bars us from a complete enlightenment, and that is our self-worth. Any idea that you are unworthy, I know in my life, comparison usually brings us about. And Krishnamurti was always 
really good at pointing out how useless comparison is. This is someone, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. Someone has something you don't. Someone has some ability you don't. It can go on forever. I know when I do art, it's it's I could say it's terrible. And I, I believe that's more accurate if I do that. And then everyone else around me will always be like, no, it doesn't matter. It, art is art. Very well, you could be a minimalist artist and sell your four colored panels for millions of dollars. It happens. It It's all relative in reality. And it's all probable in reality as well, though maybe not highly probable. But that's the exploration. No one thinking about it doesn't do anything. So if you have a belief in your mind and you realize it as a belief, to realize it as a belief is fairly easy, it feels bad. So it's a good indicator that it's um, a belief. Unless we're talking about the societal realm. That's a whole other thing. That's, of course, truth is going to feel bad in that realm. But the belief is that you can't change it. And that's why it feels bad. Oh, this, this, whatever, corruption over here, um, money laundering over here, and, and no one does anything about it. You might say, oh, this is bad. I feel angry. Nothing's going to change. That's because of that last part, you say nothing's going to change about it. It's not going to change. Um, I can't do anything about it. Of course you can do things. You can talk about it. You can make people aware about it. You can take some sort of action in that direction of changing it. Any number of things. And that's would feel good. That's what would make it feel... That's more accurate. It's closer to the truth. That's a positive belief. And then once you act in that way and do change it, now it becomes a knowing. Knowing is synonymous with action. Knowing is the... Well, it's well above and beyond the idea of belief. Something I can say I know. It's always good to see what you truly know. Something I can say I truly know, I exist. I have an existence. I feel good right now. I know that. No one can make me doubt that. No one can say, no, you you don't feel good or... or I know um, a plant-based diet has changed my life for the better and has made me healthier. I know that. I don't have to prove it to anyone. I don't need scientific data. I just, I can feel it. I'm, I have more vitality as a result. It was the whole experience. I exist. Certain things in my life, I can say I know. And it's always good to know when... You're only assuming something is the case. To know when you're, you have a belief within your mind. So then you can say, hey, is it a good harmonious belief to have that in mind? Or is it a negative belief? People will offer you negative beliefs. They'll say, no, it's not about all what you're saying. It's only about Jesus Christ as the Lord Savior of uh, humanity. Is that a good belief to have? Will that make your life better? The answer is probably no. It could, it could be, yes. Going with it, you explore it, and you realize, wow, I feel worse. It feels like I'm in some sort of limited paradigm where only the path of Jesus is correct. Of course, there's always truth to every single thing. Jesus is some sort of enlightened master of some sort. But if we read the words and everything, we can come to a better better the situation by believing in a higher quality belief something that's said something that believes in goodness in harmony in love in a balanced ecosystem thusly so a belief that you are worthy is a very positive belief to have always assume it always assume you are worthy to go to whatever fancy travel location you always wanted to go to, but you never did because you didn't believe you had enough money to do so or whatever. Always believe that you are capable of any 
passion that you want to do in life so that you know you can fit into the puzzle piece of society, the puzzle of society as a puzzle piece, form a complete picture, fit perfectly in that role of which you were made for. And always believe in a type of trust with the universe. The universe is a place you can trust in. Specifically nature, pagans have this down pretty well. It's the idea of the intelligence of nature, the wisdom nature contains. And within that, there seems to be strange synchronicities that can occur that can show you that the universe is a loving way if you reflect that in your reality. Now again, on the societal level, it might be different. But that's why that's the, that's the negative force tugging with the positive force, which allows growth, which allows a, some sort of higher action, some sort of higher balance, so that we never fall into this weird, divided, distrusting state of being again. So trust the universe as yourself. And you will see a lot of spiritual growth as a result. A lot, lot. Another aspect that can be taken into account, going along with all these ideas, so the, a trust is very essential. A trust in yourself. I'm not saying you have to trust everyone. I am saying that. But let's just say I'm not saying that. I'm not saying trust everyone. I'm saying trust yourself as everyone. So if someone's bamboozling you, you trust that you know that. You trust when you know that. And if you don't know that, you don't know that, do you? You, you, have to, you will have to learn. That's all I'm saying. So whatever, whatever you want, however much you want to give the universe is how much you give. Next step. It goes along with meditation quite well. The idea of just listening. Listening. And in awareness, let's say we have a dream of some sort. There's messages everywhere. There's messages in nature. There's messages in messages. There's messages in words in license plates, in billboards. There's messages in advertisements and in teachings of all kinds and books. Messages are everywhere. However you interpret the message is what you'll get out of it. A key, here's a key point. Uh, I, read the, I have this book. still have it. It's called Downloads of the Nine. I might have mentioned this before, but I'll just mention it again really quickly. Downloads of the Nine had this, uh, it had all the kinds of weird, strange, interesting things. And I was just had an open mind about it, just reading along, thought it was all interesting. And the it had some really negative aspects about the book. It was saying that, like, souls could be trapped in a dark realm for a long time. Wait, you know, it was just this realm anyway. Maybe it gets worse. I don't know. But th the whole idea is that none of that really affected me as much as when the book suggested to go a plant-based diet. And that frustrated me. Now, instead of becoming frustrated, I, I wondered why I was frustrated with that. And instead of looking into myself why I was frustrated, I just, like, laughed it off like, oh, and, and eating meat's fine. It's fine. And then I realized, no, it is, no, that's why I got angry. was because of the idea I didn't want to integrate within myself. And now if I read that book, there would be nothing negative about it. If it, if it talks about you know being trapped in some dark dimension, I'd be like, yeah, I'm sure that's possible. Uh, whatever. People get locked in a prisoner of war camps in um, other countries. Wouldn't that be virtually the same thing as whatever that book was mentioning on a soul level? It can happen, but you can get out and you can do, be of a, go to a higher 
state of being as a result, like a rubber band. And that's another idea. You, you might be in a tremendous amount of suffering. Relative to whom, you don't have to make the comparison. But certainly, the, there's people that have been through a lot of suffering. And maybe it's just first world suffering, or maybe it's a far worse than that. You don't really know. But you do know that that amount of suffering that you contain will propel you further into the light. And even if it's self-inflicted suffering, for me, mostly, I didn't have any one except for <laughs> possibly the, my parents and teachers and society, but I didn't have anyone that really inflicted as much pain as I did myself. And I believe that's mostly true for individuals of this nature, where I was just thinking thoughts of negative, going away into the negativity to a delusional, distrusting negativity. And from that, I realized, ah, I don't have to do any of that. And it was like this tremendous insight and tremendous uplifting. That kind of waned for a little while, but then I, I recollected it again on a higher level. It keeps going that way, up and down. Law of compensation, law of rhythm, law of vibration. And they're not really laws, but they're more like general uh, themes that we can experience. So all these aspects together make for a tremendous piece. Now the last aspect. I'm going to begin to non-channel here. Because there is always going to be it. That which unspoken with words. That which transcends the ethereal vibration of sound. The golden hairs of a cat. And the sound of the bird song. Do you understand? Going through the rainbow gate. Down the cliff of ascendance. There is no human being. Arising from that rift, love and light mix with the demons. Do you understand? Sun, moon, happy, sad. Universal spirals, stars collide, explosions are never heard, and yet the winding path comes to an end. Is that darkness or is that light? Shining forth, wisdom through, several gates, passing to, trigonometry, geometry, sacred circles. Okay, I believe you get the idea. You get the understanding, you get the point. There is always more to it, and some things are left unsaid. I was reading the book, The Zohar. And it said, one word is worth a golden coin, but silence is worth two. And then it went on to say something like, so the words, a word is worth one gold coin is a pity to say. <laughs> I, uh, I thought that was really cool. 
and the rest of the book, I don't I can barely understand because it was basically the things I just said, but on a way more precise level than what I was saying at. Um, yeah, so anyway, I'm going to end this podcast now. It's a good, good point to end the podcast. I, I, I want to go to the gym on my bike. And I really want to be steady-handed in the next couple of months. And I'm deciding, oh, maybe I, maybe I could experience fasting again. I don't know if I really need it. Just something. And abstinence for a little while. I don't know. I feel like it would uh, be a good idea for me in this moment. I'm continuing writing, and I'm not sure if I'm going to make clickbait, clickblady titles anymore. I don't know if I want to do that. But we'll see. I might hit a brick wall at some point. Doing a few other. My secret project is the one that's gaining the most traction. Fortunately, or fortunately. I haven't picked up the piano in a while. I've been watching Star Trek Deep Space. Anyway, this is just becoming a blog, so you can just uh, relate to me, so then you can connect with me on at uh, Rockazulu on Twitter or www.jarenfun.com if you want to be on the podcast, talk about your life or your philosophy or mystical philosophy, which would be most preferred. Please contact me jarenfun at gmail.com and check out my animations on my website, my writings my video games, my books and look out for a new book I'm writing it's going to be called something uh, right now it's called Prime Health but it will definitely be useful for people I might put it up for like 7 bucks or something. I appreciate your ears your listening these words is an event beyond your scope of imagination so thank you thank you and keep within you that spirit of glory friends and i'll talk with you next time